a major highlight of the Haggadah Shal Pesach is the section of Vihisha Amdala Visenu. There's something that is very dramatic about that part of the Haggadah. The Haggadah tells us to be Magbian as Hakais. We raise our cup of wine at that point, we're Mechasin, the Matzas. Something very important is taking place at Vihisha Amda. Vihisha Amda is a a proclamation, an expression of gratitude to the Rabbi Shalom, Vihisha Amda Laviseno Velano. And this is what stood for our fathers and for us in good stead. Not only one foe stood up against Klal Yisrael in an attempt to destroy us, each and every generation, there are enemies that we have that are bent on completely annihilating our people, and comes and saves us from their hands. This is a moment at my family's Seder over the years that was always very special. It was a moment at which my father, Zechreina Levracha, used to recount his own personal memories of his Matzileinu Miyadam, of his salvation from the hands of the enemies. My grandparents lived in Würzburg in the ancestral home of my great-great-grandfather, the Würzburger Rav, who was the Gadol Adar in Germany in the 1800s. And when the Nazis came and they were starting their rise in Germany, my grandmother presciently uh, saw the handwriting on the wall and she told my grandfather that we have to leave. And that's not an easy thing to do. My grandfather's business was there and everything that they owned was there. It's never an easy thing to just pick up and leave. But she saw that this was not just a passing fad but rather that it was something that was going to pose a very serious danger. And so my grandfather decided together with her that they would move to Copenhagen. Copenhagen is in Denmark, and that's where my grandmother's family was from. And they moved into uh, their family building, they owned a building, on the first floor were stores, and on the upper store, upper floors were um, the residences, and also a very old shul, a 200-year-old shul that was in the family with many Sifrei Taira and Svarim. And so they moved there, and eventually the Nazis came to Denmark as well, in April of 1940. So they were living in under Nazi rule 
in Denmark, but the Nazis were surprisingly very um, hands-off. They were not rounding up Jews, at least not yet. But they were living under this reign of terror that any minute that could change. And my, my father told us on Seder night that one Seder night during those years in Denmark with Nazi occupation, there was, they were making their Seder on the second floor of the apartment building in Copenhagen and the, uh, all of a sudden there was a knock on the door on the first floor and they didn't know what to do. It was obviously very frightening for the entire family and to avoid the knock, you know, they couldn't do. They saw, obviously, there were lights on upstairs. So my grandfather bravely went down the stairs, and standing before him was a Nazi. And he thought that that was it. This is it. They were going to come in and take the whole family on Seder night. And, but this is a Nazi that was uh, not looking to round up any Jews, but rather he was being sent to the Russian front to fight that battle and there was a furrier that was in one of the storefronts on the, in that building on the ground floor, and he needed, he had ordered a fur coat to fight the Russian winter, and he had ordered it, and this furrier was closed now, and he needed to get a hold of the furrier because he had to, he had to go to the front lines, and he needed to get a hold of him. My, my grandfather helped him try to, you know, find where he could find this furrier, and that was one scary episode that my father used to tell over at this point in Bisha Amda. Rosh Hashanah, 1943, was, a, uh, was when the Nazis actually came and decided that enough is enough. Hitler said, okay, we have to take all the Jews and send them to concentration camps, um, the Jews in Denmark. And somebody got hold of this a uh, very important piece of information and told the Rav in the Shul that Rosh Hashanah night that he must warn all the Jews that come to Shul Rosh Hashanah and every, all the men came to Shul Rosh Hashanah that you have to leave tonight, you have to go into hiding and my grandmother, when word came to her on Arab Rosh Hashanah about this, uh, this news, she was in the middle of cutting up vegetables for Rosh Hashanah, making the soups and making the salads. And, um, and then they had to leave. They all immediately went into hiding. And the Gayim in Denmark, the Danish Gayim, were famously wonderful to the Jews. It was an exception in, of all of Europe. There was one exception, and that was Denmark, that the Gayim actually were Meister Nefesh for the Jews that lived with them. They were very close. They were very nice people. The Danish Jews, very generous-hearted, and um, they were Meisr Nefesh. They took the Jews into their own homes, and then they ferried them across to neutral Sweden at one point. Um, and my grandfather was close with the, the chief of police in Copenhagen, and, and he, uh, he basically asked him if he could put a seal on the house uh, to say that... Uh, that the Nazis are not allowed to come into this building under order of the Danish police, which he did. And they went across the sea to Sweden eventually. And after the war was over, in 1945, uh, my father's family came back to Denmark. And they were, uh, 
greeted warmly again by the Danish by the Danish Skyim who were very happy to have them back, which was also a Chiddush. It's one thing to you know to, to let them go, but to bring them back and to makarib them then that's really a Chiddush. And they didn't know what they would find in this uh, in this building in Copenhagen where they had all the Sifrei Taira and all the Svarim and all of the everything. And the, Dan- the, the Nazis respected that seal on the door of the apartment building. They didn't touch it. They didn't go in there. And my, my family went into the building and they went upstairs. Everything was exactly intact. And there was a, a whole jungle of vegetables growing in the kitchen from the vegetables that my grandmother was making for Shoshana. That was one of the great Nisim. The Nisim that HaKadosh Baruch Hu saved us. HaKadosh Baruch Hu Matzileinu Miyadam. It's not just the Sipurim of Yitzhiyas Mitzrayim that are so precious to us, but it's all of the stories, all of the Messiah that we have, of all the salvation that HaKadosh Baruch Hu shows us, demonstrates, in every generation, that we have such enemies and such people that want to do us in, this is the moment in the Agada that we express our Akharas Hataiv. It's not just my father that used to do this, but maybe your, your fathers, your grandfathers. I, I know that I had a principal um, growing up who lived in Long Beach. He was a concentration camp survivor, and he used to wear on Seder night the hat that he had in Auschwitz, the striped hat of the concentration camps. That's what he wore the entire Seder, and that's what, and at the point of Isha'amda, that's when he spoke about his nightmare experiences. The only question about Isha'amda is, what is the Vihi? What is it that we're raising our glasses and thanking HaKadosh Baruch Hu for? Isha'amda la v'isenu v'lanu. What's the vihi going on? What is what was Amalaviseinu Balanu? And there's many Mefarshim, I'm sure you all have many Pshatim to say over at the Haggadah, whether Vihi is the glass of wine, whether Vihi is the uh, you know, all of the letters of Vihi symbolize different important things in in, in Klal Yisrael. But the Pashtas in the Mefarshim as led by the Avudram, is that it's going back on the part of Agada previously, previous to Vihi. And that is the Baruch Shaimer Haftachas Yisrael Baruch Hu. Blessed is Hashem who kept his promise to Klal Yisrael. Shakarish Baruch Hu Chishev Esaketz Lases Kemasham Lavram Avin Brisven Absarim. Baruch made a brisbane absarim with Avram Avinu. Avram Avinu was told by the brisbane absarim, Yadaya Teda, you should know, says Hashem to him. That your children, your descendants, will be Gerim, they will be strangers in a strange land. For 400 years, they're going to serve them. 
and they're going to torment them. And also the nation that judged them, that, that was ma'ana them, I will judge. And after that, says HaKadosh Baruch I promise that I'm going to take them out. I'm going to beguile them. For a chush with a great bounty, with great wealth, I'm going to take them out of this shibud. But you should know that I will put them into servitude for 400 years, and then I will take them out for a chush and then we lift our glass, that brisbane abbasarim, that haftacha, that promise that HaKadosh Baruch Hu made to Avraham Avinu, that was Ahmad Laviseinu Valanu. That was the promise that, st- that stood in good stead to us, that every generation, whenever the Gayim try to destroy us, HaKadosh Baruch Hu swoops in and saves us, all because of the brisbane abbasarim. How do they know this? How do the Mepharshim know that Vihi is going on the Brisbane of Sarim? Well, it's simple, because you have the letter Vav of Vihi. Vav is always the Ais HaChibur. Vav is the letter of the Alephes that connects one thing to the next. So if you have Vihi, that means that, and that, that we just spoke about, i.e. the bris banabasarim, was what was Ahmed Lavisenu Vilanu. The Rishainim that don't have the gear Savihi, like the Rambam doesn't have Vihi, he just says, He Shamda Lavisenu. The Rashba doesn't have they have different Shatim or the Mefarshim say different Taira about what he is. But if you say that it's Vihi, if that's your Girsa, Vihi, then it's going back on the bris banabasarim. It has to. I had an idea, maybe a small chiddish, that the Hisham Dalaviseno, besides, of course, we're going back on the Brisbane of Basarim, but it's the Vav, Hisham Dalaviseno Valanu. The Ice Vav, that one letter Vav, was what stood us in good stead. That's what saves us constantly, every generation. Why? What does the Vav have to do with anything? Well, there is a medrash, and this is brought by the Shibale Aleket and the, and the Rashpats. In Bereshis Rabbah, Memdal and Chaf Beis, the medrash says that when it says in the Brisbane Abisarim, Vigames Hagoya Sharia Vaidu Dananoichi, and also the Goya Sharia Vaidu, I will judge, Vigam with a Vav, it should have said, says the medrash, Games Hagoya Sharia Vaidu. What's vigam? What does that mean? Vigam, that extra vav? Elagam, whom it's rayim. When it says gam, that's the Egyptians. Vigam, l'rabes arba malchies. All four kingdoms that are going to oppress Klal Yisrael throughout the history of the Jewish people. All the four malchies, the Dalad malchies, they too meaning Mitzrayim, Babel, Madai, and Yavan, and finally Golas Edaim, that is Vigam. Vigam is that the Brisbane of Bissarim was not just talking about the Sheba Mitzrayim, but Vigam 
is all of the Shibudim, of all the Golosim, Mitzrayim and Yavan and Madai and Edaim, all of them, HaKadosh Baruch Hu's Bris Ben Abisarim applies, that I will save you from every single one of them. Now it's very Gishmak, what it means. What is this talking about? The Bris Ben Abisarim is talking about Mitzrayim. It's not talking about us. It's not talking about the Spanish Inquisition. It's not talking about the Cossacks. It's not talking about the Holocaust. So what does that have to do with us? The answer is that that one letter above, that's talking to us. That's not just in Egypt that HaKadosh Baruch Hu is going to spare us, save us, be done them, and take us out for Choshkado, but every single generation. In Madai, in Paras, in Yavan, in Mitzrayim, in Edaim, time after time after time, the promise of Geula applies to each and every generation, to all of us, because of that one letter, Vigam. If not for Vigam, if it would have been just Gam, it would have been just a promise to Egyptians. In the Egyptian servitude, I will free you. That vav is very important. It's very critical, that one little vav. Because that gave, that extended the haftacha to every generation, in every shibud. HaKadosh Baruch Hu says, I will judge them after they're done with them, with their business, whatever is possessing them to try to destroy you, whether it's in the times of Hanukkah, in the times of Purim, in the times of the Churban Bayes, Rishain, Churban Bayesheni, Tachvitat, Spanish, whenever it is, I will judge them in the end, I will destroy them in the end, there will be no remnant of them here today, and you will leave Verchashkado, I will begall you. That ice vav is what saves us. Without that little vav, all bets are off. We'd be left to our own devices. Vigam is a promise. I promise you, Avram, that not just in Mitzrayim, but in all of the Shibudim, until the end of time, I will stand up for Klal Yisrael and I will save them from their enemies. Vihisham dalaviseinu. That vav. Hisham dalaviseinu v'lanu. The vav of Vigam is what's standing in for us. The only reason why we're all here today is because of one letter, an ice vav. That vav is hisham dalaviseinu. That vav in the word vigam. This ice vav, by the way, is a very important letter in the alephase. All letters of the alephase are important. Every one of them you could write svarm upon svarm about the, the importance of every single ice and what it represents on so many levels, the gematria of the ice, the shape of the ice, the usage of the ice. Everything is so critical by Lashna Kaidesh, by these ices. But the Vav is a very important letter. This Vav represents a hook. Vaveha mudim, the word vav in the Torah, vav vav means a hook. Vaveha mudim, like we find in the Mishkan, there were hooks of the amudim. If you notice, the actual shape of an ice vav is like a hook. It's like a 
You can't get more hook-like than a vav. That's what it is. It's like a hook. Vavei hamudim. The Torah, every single amud, vavei hamudim, every amud in the Torah, except for a few, start with the letter vav. If you ever get an aliyah and you look in the in the in the Sefer Torah, notice that every top of the amud starts with a vav, except for bekashimai. There are six amudim that don't. Bereshis, for example, is one. Bez yud hey, shin mem vav. Those are the exceptional amudim in the Torah that start with other letters. But everything else, every amud in the Torah starts with a vav. Vave ha-amudim. The amud, the amud, the pillars of the Torah are all with vavin. Not only that, but a lot of psukim start with vavin. Strange. Where and It would be if you were um, a professor grading a, uh, somebody's composition and the person writes starts a sentence with the word and. I would take a red pen and, and just like completely, you know, cross out and. You can't start a sentence with the word and. Doesn't, right, if, if you'd be typing on a computer and, they would, there would be like a, a red underline of that letter. It's, 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 you can't do that. But yet in the Torah, everything starts with a vav. Look through Psukim in the Torah. Vayavai, vayelech, vayishlach. Every Pasuk starts with vav. It's amazing. What's the pshat? The pshat is, and Rapinkus writes about this, that all the Torah is connected. There's no such thing in the Torah that's just one pasuk or one paragraph, and that's it. Now it's a new story. The entire Torah is one hemshech. Every pasuk is a hemshech to another, even if it's another parsha, even if it's seemingly not connected, it's all connected. The Torah is all relatable. It's all there's all Zerah Shabbos and Hekish and Binyanavs. It's all one big. Body, one corpus of Torah. It's all connected. It's all Bavei Hamudim. They're connected. They're hooked together. They're threaded together. Every single part of the Torah is connected. I saw recently a beautiful pshat from Rabbi Yaman Forst. It's Says that there is a a difference between Yisrael. And Achashverish. Yisrael, his name was Yeser. One of the letter, one of the words, one of the names of Yisrael had many names. His real name was Yeser. But also we start calling him Yisrael. Why? Why do we add that vav to his name? You know why? Because Yisrael was an individual that was able to connect the dots. He saw the vav, he saw the hook, he saw the connection between events. He saw Kriyas Yamsov, he saw Melchemes Amalek, he saw the Aser Makes, and he connected them. He says, wait a minute, this isn't just random. These aren't just random incidents. Obviously, the Rabbi Shalom loves Paul Yisrael. And so he went out to Meishu Rabbeinu, he greeted him, and he, he hugged him, and he embraced him, and he... he he wanted to hear all about all the incidents that happened to Klai Yisrael, all these great episodes, because Yisrael was a person that got the Vav. He understood the Vav HaChibor. He saw how things were related to one another. If you look at the end of the Megillah, Achashverish is spelled without a Vav. Achash Rosh. Why? 
What does the Megillah end with? Vayosem HaMelech HaChashverosh Mas Ala Oretz Hayom. At the end of the whole Megillah, it ends like sort of like a, anticlimactically, like an, an Achashverosh put a tax on, on all of the, the lands and his Malucha and on the, on the islands too. Like, who cares? Is that the way we want to end them? If that, is that the way you would end the, the movie about Megillah's Esther? You know, after the whole event, and Mardachai and Esther, and, they, and Haman is hanged, and everything is, has a happy ending, and now the, the final scene in the movie is, you know, you see him signing his name on a big tax, new taxes. What? That's how you end the Megillah? See, everybody, the Yidin saw all of the seemingly isolated events and how in the sweep of those 12 years, how everything really fit into place perfectly. The pieces of the puzzle all locked in. There was Vaveha Amudim, there was a Vav HaChibor that was connecting them all, and they saw the Yad Hashem. Albeit in a, in a Nistardic way, but they chapped that all of these events were related, and it was all by divine orchestration and design. Nothing was random, everything was for a purpose to bring us to this conclusion. And we connected the dots and everything was perfect. But Achashverosh was not able to see that. Achashverosh saw, ah, there's no, such, there's, no, there's no such thing as connecting any dots. This happened then and that happened then. It was just all political or it was all, you know, some, some unrelated incident. And the next step was he just made a new tax. Nothing, he's a bureaucrat. He didn't see any sweeping hashkocha pratis. He didn't see any, any connection. He just saw what was right under his nose. We need new taxes. We need to make more money now. Let's make a tax. That's what he was. He was a person that did not get what Yisrael got. So that's why the Megillah there writes his name without a vav. He lacked that vav hachibur. He didn't understand the importance of connecting things, of seeing things as a composite whole. He was just able to see things in unrelated pieces. And that was his chisara, and that's why at the Megillah, at the end of the Megillah, we say, okay, this is Nebuch, this is Lachachachachar. We know better. We see the, the Yad Hashem. We see the Nisim. But Achashverosh was not able to see that. He was a bureaucrat. He was just see, able to see things one piece at a time without seeing anything great. But a Yid has to have that Vav HaChibor. The Yid has to always be able to say the Vav. The Vav is so important to Klal Yisrael. And I think that that's really a deeper understanding of the He. My word about the Vav from the Gamas Hagai, it's really deeper than just that letter Vav as being the salvation of Klal Yisrael. When did the 400 years start of the Brisbane Absarim? It's strange. We all know that Klal Yisrael was only in Mitzrayim, in the Sheba, for 210 years. But yet HaKadosh Baruch Hu said it's going to be 400 years. So what happened to the extra years? And we all know Tyra about, you know, they worked harder than they had to, or they worked at night, or... But Rashi's pshat, and where the 400 years started was it started Miledas Yitzchak. As soon as Yitzchak was born to Avram Avinu, Avram Avinu at the Brisbane Absalom didn't have a son. Or he didn't have Yitzchak. 
at, 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 at the Brisbane of the Sarum, he was told that you're going to have a son and he's going to be in servitude for 400 years, his Zara. At the moment of Yitzchak's birth, the clock of 400 years began to tick. That's what Rashi says. Now, I want to ask you a question. Two questions. First of all, why? Why does the clock start ticking from Leidas Yitzchak? That's not when the Shibut started. HaKadosh Baruch did not say in Brisbane Absarim that from the Leida of your Zerah, then you're going to have to wait 400 years till the till Geula. He says that, Your children will be strangers and they'll be slaves and they're going to be oppressed for 400 years. So with all the Torah, I don't understand where, why does that start? Why does it start from Leidas Yitzchak? And my second question is, where is that Marumas in the Brisbane Absarim? Shouldn't it say that somewhere there? And I think that the pshat is like this. Avram Avinu was told that his children would be slaves in a strange land. Avram Avinu was told by the Rabbi Nishalem, if you can have compassion and love for your children so much so that you worry about them and you care about them so much that there's such a connection between you that it's unbearable for you to see them in pain. That is going to be the ability for me to affect my Brisbane Abbasarim. My Brisbane Abbasarim is that I will always care for you and your children. I will save them. In any time... In any generation that there's oppression against a Yid, I'm going to come and save them. But the Tanai Kaidim Lamaisa is that you have to show yourself the compassion that you want me to have. You want me to have compassion on your children. You have to have compassion on your children. If a Yid has compassion on his children, then I will have compassion on them as well. If you're not going to have compassion, if you're not going to feel that fatherly bond with his son, then the Brisbane of Asarim is, is no longer valid. As soon as Yitzchak was born, as soon as, as soon as Avram finally took that baby in his hands that he was waiting for for so long, for a hundred years, and he held the baby in his hand, and he realized that him and his children are going to someday be enslaved in Mitzrayim, the love and the fear, the anxiety, the anguish, all were in Avram Avinu's great heart. That chibor with his child was so powerful that that's when the Shibut started in earnest. It's true that it was much later, 190 years later, that they actually started taking Chaimur Levenim in their hands. But already in the mind of Avraham Avinu, the love of Avraham Avinu for Yitzchak, at that moment his compassion was so overwhelming that the Shibut started. It was as if the, all of the Kaishi Shibut began as soon as he was born because the love of Avraham Avinu was so great for him that he started worrying about him, caring about him, the concern, what will be. As soon as he had that, that's when HaKadosh Baruch already started the count. 
because the Shibud had begun through that love and concern and worry that Avram Avinu had for his son. I believe it's Marumas in the Brisbane of Basarim. Yadaya Teda, it starts. Kigeria Zaracha Barasa. What does it mean, Yadaya Teda? You should know? Okay, I'll know. Just tell me, tell me what I need to know. No. Do I start a sentence and say to you, uh, you should know really, really well that A plus B equals C? What? Just tell me A plus B equals C. You don't have to tell me, know really well. Yadaya Teda, double Ashen of Yidia. Okay, just tell me and I'll know. Teach it to me. Yadaya is not a Lashen just to know. Yadaya is a Lashen of to love, to be intimate with somebody, to care about somebody. Vayeda Adam Eschava Ishtai. What does that mean? Avram Avinu knew Chava, he knew her biological makeup. What does it mean? He knew. It's a sikhli, a sikhli thing. Yediya, Yediya doesn't mean sikhli. Yediya means I, I, I understand you. I care about you. I love you. That's Yediya. It's a Lashon Chiba. Yadaya Teda. If you start to love right now, as soon as Yitzchak is born, Yadaya Teda, if you start loving him and having compassion and concern, because he will be, him and his descendants will somehow be enslaved. Then the 400 years will start from, from then. The moment of the Leda, that's when the Sheba starts. That's the Brisbane of Asarim. The care that Avram Avinu had for Yitzchak, the love that he had, not just for Yitzchak, but for Yaakov, and for the Shvatim, and for the Dardea, that's, that was in the Shibad Mitzrayim, and for all the Dairis in between, until today, Avram Avinu's love, the Yadaya Teda, extends to the end of time. And because of that intense love and concern and compassion for all the Dalit Malchias, for all the Shibudim that we're going to be under, and Avram Avinu was so hurt and so despondent and so anguished, by all of the terrible things that will befall his people till the end of time, that love, that Yodaya Teda, as long as that love extends, that's when HaKadosh Baruch will be Matzileinu Miyadam. V'hisham Dalaviseinu, that Vav, that Vav represents the Chibur from Avram Avinu to Yitzchak. And not just to Yitzchak, but to all the Darits, Vigames Hagaya Shayavaidu, all of the Dalin Malchias, the love of Ramavino that was expressed by Brisbane Abisarim, that as long as you are Makusher with your sons, then I will redeem you. If you're not Makusher with them, then I can't help you. But the Tznai for the Brisbane Abisarim is the Vav. Connect well to your sons. Make sure that you always have that connection. Not just Avram with his sons, but all of us, our sons. Every father-son relationship from Avram Avinu until the end of time, as long as there's that Vav, that Eisachibor, he Shamdalabiseinu, that will be the connecting circuit that will ensure the Brisbane of Basarim will be enacted. That Akhrishparhu Yimatsilenu Miyadam because of that Vav, 
Vigamis Agayashayavaidu means that Avram Avinu, your love till the end of time. And that love that you're going to give over the Messiah from father to son, the care and the compassion, that's going to be Amad Lavisena Vulana. That's the only way that the Brisbane Abbasaram is going to be able to be effective. Is if we keep our compassion to our sons, then who will follow suit and do the same. That connection of our forefathers and us, the father-son, that will ensure the brisbane of Basarim. That's the vavachibur, the spanning of generations, the hooking between a father and a son. That's the only way that we're going to be able to survive the gullus. I'll tell you two stories both of them involving the same person in the same period of time. And I'll show you through that the importance of the connection between a father and a son and a son to a father. One of the heroes of the Holocaust was the Blujava Rebbe, Rabbi Yisrael Spira. I was there with my own eyes to see the Blujava Rebbe. The Blujava Rebbe, who is a very old man, Right before he was Nifter, I got to see him at a, it was at the Leviev or Byakov Kamenetsky. And he was walking and I saw him. He was a, an amazing, amazing figure in Jewish history. If you want to read about him, I'm sure there's sarm about him, but if you, there's a very famous book on the Holocaust called Hasidic Tales of the Holocaust. And by uh, Yaffa Eliyach. And she brings many, many stories, but most of the stories, I think, are from him. She interviewed him for many, 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 epi- many, many times, and a lot of the stories, amazing stories, are from the Blue Jew Rebbe. So, one story, it's one of the first stories in the book, maybe the first story, is a story about the Blue Jew Rebbe on a very cold, dark night in the concentration camp that he was at called Janowska, a very infamous Janowska Road camp was like a terrible, terrible, they were all terrible. This was really, really a disgusting place. This is where the Blujava Rebbe was located during most of the war. And what happened was that one night, all the Yidden in the barracks, thousands of Yidden were woken up with a loud megaphone from the Nazis, Yemachshimon. Everybody has to get up from bed in the middle of the night, like go and go out to the fields. Everybody didn't know what was, what was ahead of them, and they you know, got dressed very quickly, and they ran out to the fields, thousands of people. And as they assembled in the middle of the field, they saw that the Nazis and the Ukrainian guards, Yemachshimon, had dug two very large pits, And they knew, the Jews, that, okay, this is it. This is it. It's over. And they said like this, the Nazis weren't just going to kill the Jews. They wanted first to get a good laugh over their deaths. So they said like this. These were very big pits. They said, everybody has to jump over the pit. If you are able to make it to the other side in one jump, then you survive. If not... They started making the sounds of a gun. 
you're going to be, whoever lands inside the pit, we're just going to shoot you dead. And the Nazis started laughing. They thought it was hysterical. The Blue Rebbe was standing there next to a, a person that he befriended, a younger man. The Blue Rebbe was 53 at the time. And he had sores on his feet and he had gone through, you know, his wife had been killed and his children. Terrible, terrible Yisurim. And he hadn't eaten in a long, starvation, everything. He was not much a skeleton. And he was standing next to a person, a younger man that he had befriended. He was a free thinker in, in Poland. And he, had, uh, you know, he was a wise person. And he was not a Shemitah Mitzvah. But the Blue Rebbe had befriended him. And they had forged like a deep friendship between the two of them. And he said to him, he said, Spira, he said to the Rebbe, this, this other, this younger man, he says, all our efforts to jump over the pits are in vain. We're not going to be able to do this. We're, we're, these are big pits. It's, we can't do it. Why don't we just like go into the pit like a human being and just wait for our end? Just let them shoot us dead. Like, this is ridiculous. I don't want to be the butt of their jokes and you know, try to jump. And it's not... And the Blue Rebbe says, I hear what you're saying, but if Hashem put us in this situation, that in order for us to survive, even for a few more seconds, we're expected to jump, then we have to jump. If we are able, miraculously, to somehow get over to the other side, then we'll survive. And if we're not, then that's what HaKadosh Baruch Hu had in store for us, and then we'll be dead. But we have to do whatever we can do to try to survive, to try to live even a little bit longer. So now people were jumping. And it was the Blue Rebbe's turn to jump, and he looks down at his swollen, sore feet, who couldn't jump normally a foot, let alone the, mon- the many feet that were expected to jump over the pit. And this man was standing by his side, and, he, and the Blue Rebbe says to his friend, he says, let's jump! And they jumped, and then a second later, all of a sudden, they discover themselves on the other side of the pit. Amish and Nase Nigla. Both of them were standing on the other side of the pit. And this man says to the Rebbe, Spira, a miracle. We survived. He says, yeah. He says, how did we do this? How did this happen? So the Blue Vizier Rebbe says, I'll tell you how it happened. He says, when I was jumping over the pit, I was holding on to the coattails of my great father and my great grandfather and my great great grandfather, all the tzaddikim, all the way back, all through the dairis. I was hanging on to their coattails and I was jumping and I held on to them, and that's how I was able to get to the other side of the pit. I saw it clearly. But then he says to the man, he says, but how did you survive? How did you get to get to the other side of the pit? And he said, Rebbe, I was holding on to your coattails. That's Matzilein Miyadam. The connection that we're able to have with our fathers and our grandfathers, that's the Vav Achibor. That's what gets us for the Brisbane Absarim to take effect. We need that Aish Hachibor. We need the Vav. The Vav is Hisham Dalavisein of Alano. 
from a son to a father, that connection is paramount to Jewish survival. Without that, we can't survive. Now I'll tell you another story about the Blue of Rebbe. But in the other direction, one time the Blue of Rebbe, he had such courage and he had the audacity before Pesach, a month before Pesach, in the middle of this camp that I just described to you, to go up to a Nazi officer and say, our Passover is coming in one month and I'm officially asking authorization to bake matzahs for our festival. And he explains to them what they need. They need flour, they need water, they need an oven. And process that request. And miracle of miracles, the Nazi did that. It went to Berlin, the request. And Berlin sent back that they can do this. And they couldn't believe it. The people in this concentration camp, all of a sudden to have this chus to bake matzahs before Pesach was unheard of. And they got a, it wasn't like normally here, like they did it clandestinely. They did it, if they called it was fine. They had permission to do this. What happened was they baked a whole bunch of matzahs, as much as they could bake. And then it was, word got out to the officers that somehow a letter was smuggled out of the camp by some inmates that the conditions in this camp were subhuman and detestable and, and there was a lot of very bad press about in wherever, whoever was covering this about this camp and about the deplorable conditions therein. And the Nazi officer that gave permission to the Blue Rebbe to bake matzahs were so offended that after giving you permission, this is what happens. You get a letter, somebody here gets a letter out complaining. He goes in, he takes all the matzahs and he smashes them. But the shattered shvarim of the matzahs were remaining. Maybe a few whole ones were still intact. But there wasn't enough to go around for all the people that wanted matzahs on that Pesach. And so the Blue Rebbe Paskin, together with other Rabbonim in the camp, that the right thing to do is that the Gedalim will get the matzahs, and the Ketanim, the, the miners who don't have the mitzvah of matzah, they just have mitzvah chinuch, they don't get matzahs. Only the adults get matzahs. The adults get matzahs, but not the, not the Ketanim. There was a certain woman in this camp. She was a widow. She was raising her two boys and her three nephews, and she was watching over them so lovingly and caringly in the camp. And she opened up to the blues of her Rebbe, and she said, Rebbe, may I have the audacity myself to say something to the Rebbe? He says, of course. He says, she says, I know that you, Paskin, that the men, the adults, the adults should get the matzahs. But I would like to suggest that the children should be the one to get the matzahs. He says, why? He says, because all the adults here, we've been through many starim in our lives. We know about matzahs. We know what it's all about. And if we ever are able to get out of this Gehenim, we'll continue to do what we always did before the war. 
But many of these children that are Ketanim, they never really saw matzahs. They don't know what matzahs are. They don't know what a Seder is all about. They don't know the mitzvahs, halayla. If we ever survive, if these children survive, they should be the ones, they're going to be carrying on the Messiah. They have to see what a matzah looks like. They have to taste what a matzah tastes like. They should be the ones to get the matzahs, not us. And the Blue Jiva Rebbe says, you are right. And we're going to give the matzahs to the Ketanim this year. They took all those matzahs and they gave it to the Ketanim. And the Blue Jiva Rebbe conducted a seder specifically addressing the Ketanim in the camps. And he went through all of the Haggadah, of Yisha Amda, and everything, and describing how as much as we are lacking of matzah, we have plenty of marah this year. He says when it, he said at the end of the Seder when it says, Avadim, Avadim Ayinu Lefarab Mitzrayim, you know what Avadim stands for? It's the Rashi Tevis of David ben Yishai Avducha Meshichacha. Avadim, if you pay attention, the word Avadim. David ben Yishai Abducha Meshichacha. The Abdus that we're having here is just a Echetimza to eventually be able to have David ben Yishai Melacha Meshichach come and save us. That was the Kesha, that's the Vav Achibor, that this woman, this widow, was able to alert the Bujavareba to remember. It's not enough just to hold on to the coattails of our fathers and grandfathers. That's one Eisachibur. But there's another Eisachibur from a father to a son. The care and compassion that you have to have to the Ketanim. How they have to be in the spotlight on Seder nights in order to like Avram Avinu, the Adaya Teda, the love that he had for Yitzchak, the care, the concern. That's the Vav Achibur, the Vihisha Amda that we have every Seder night for our children putting them first, making sure that they understand the Messiah, they understand our love for them. That's the vihi, the vav, that's the only way we'll get out of this galus, is if we maintain the kesha from father to son and from son to father. That's the hook. That's the vav achibar. That's the vav, baruch, Hamakim Baruchu. Baruch Shanasan Taira Lami Israel Baruchu Kinegan our Babanam Dibra Taira. The four Baruch say the Mafarshim that we just said is Kinegad the Dalid Banim. Because every son of the Dalid Banim, they're Baruch. They're all so blessed. Even the Russia who we always make into the, the bad guy in the Haggadah. There's always in the Haggadahs, at least in the old Haggadahs that I grew up with, when I was, you know, the illustrated Haggadahs, the, the Russia was always like this bad-looking guy, this mean guy. But as you grow up, you realize that the Russia is not Russia. The Russia is just a little misinformed. But if he's sitting by the Pesach Seder, he's Baruch. They say that there's another son that's the fifth son. He's the son that didn't make it to the Seder. He didn't bother coming and joining the family for the Seder. If the Rosh is by the Seder, he's Baruch. All children are Baruch. 
as long as you're able to open their hearts on Seder night with Abba, with Yadaya Teda, with Achiba, that's the beginning of the relationship. That's going to be the Bava Achiba. That will save Klal Yisrael and it will save him. But it has to be with the Yadaya Teda. It has to be a Baruch. If you look at him as a Rasha, he's lost. If you look at him as a Tzaddik, with some Yetzahara, and that he's really a, a Baruch, then you saved him, and you saved all the Dairis henceforth. The Rambam, in Hilchas Chamitzu Matzah, Parag Zayin by the Mitzvah of Sibri Yitzhiz Mitzrayim, Lefi daito shel ben aviv malamdoi. Based on the intellect of the son, the father has to teach. Ketzad imhu katan aytipish. If he's a child, young, or he's foolish, aimer lai bini kulano ayinu avadim k'may shivcha zuai k'may eved zeb mitzrayim uvalayla zeb padai sana kadosh baruch v'yitzin alchiris. This is maschul begnos m'sayim b'shevach. You start talking about the avdus. Rabbi Mordechai Shapiro from Miami Beach, Zechreinu Levracha, points out that there's an extra word in the Rambam that really is not just an extra word, but it really defines the emotional impact of the dibor, of the sipur that the father is giving over to his son. The Rambam writes again, Imhukatan etipish aymerlai b'ni. Kulano hayinu avadim. The story begins with the word beni, my son, my kin. A loving, affectionate way of a father talking to a son, beni. I'm not just giving you information, but I'm creating that vavachibur. I'm creating that connection between us. I love you. And with that love, I'm giving you over the Messiah. If it's just cold, if it's just facts, if it's just data, if it's just a mitzvah, it ain't going to work. It's beneath. The Rambam is myself an extra word, my son. And you know what? In By Hasidim, they start the Manishtana. If anyone ever was taught the Manishtana in Yiddish as a child, they don't just start Manishtana, but they start Tata Liba which means, dear father, my beloved father, there's this connection on Seder night, this this vital connection, this vital hook between a father and a son that must take place on Seder night for the starim to continue, for the brisbane of the starim to be an act. For it to work, there has to be this glue between the generations. That's the only way that we're going to be able to survive the Gullus. Seder night saved Klal Yisrael by creating, by forging this Svav. Hisham Dalaviseinu Valanu. The Gandas Agayashari the care and concern that Avram Avinu had for all generations, and that every father following in the footsteps of Avram Avinu had for his sons, for his grandsons, for his great-grandchildren throughout the Dairis, that love, that vavachibur is what is going to enable the geula to happen, the v'achar echein yetzah the b'ni, 
We're magbiya the kais by the hishamda. What does the kais have to do with anything? Why do we raise our glass? What does the wine have to do with what we're talking about tonight, today? Tzayda Chiddush. There is a, an amazing grah. You might have heard me say this in the past in different contexts. There's a, a medrash plea, one of those baffling medrashim that all of the gainim always try to answer and to explain. So the medrash says like this. There's a pasuk in Mishle. The pasuk in Mishle says, Kemayim panim lapanim, like water face to face, meaning like if I look in water, I see my reflection back. Cain lave Adam el Adam, so is the heart of man to man. Meaning if I have a positive experience with you, if I have a positive feeling towards you, chances are you're going to reciprocate those feelings back to me. If I don't like you, chances are you don't like me either. That's what the Pasuk and Mishle is saying. Here's the Medrash Plea. Mipnei ma nemar mayim nemar yayin why do we use water as an example of a reflection? Shouldn't we use wine? Pashas, you know, you could see a reflection better in wine, right? Sfired them by Abdullah, they look into the wine and they, they, they smile, they laugh. Wine is a much more reflective liquid than water. Water is, you know, it has to be in the right light on a pond and this and that. Wine is much more reflective. So shouldn't it say wine? Why does it say mayim? in Mishle, and not Yayin Panim Lepanim. So the Medrash Pliya says, Misham Vav Yaseira, because of an extra Vav. Half of a fella. Because what, where, where's there a Vav? I don't see any Vavs. Mayim, Yayin, there's no Vavs. So the Vilna Gain answers this unbelievable. You have to be the Vilna Gain to chop this. Every word, every letter, I should say, has what's called a nigla and a nister. There's a part of the word that's revealed, part of the letter that's revealed, and part of the letter that's hidden. What does that mean? Aleph. An aleph is really spelled out aleph, lamed, fey. We only see the, the letter Aleph. But really, embedded in that Aleph is also the Lamed Fei. It's Aleph. It's not just the ice Aleph, it's Aleph, Lamed Fei. It's just that, as a shorthand, we just put the Aleph. So the Nigla is the ice Aleph. The Nistar, the hidden part that we don't see, is the Lamed Fei. Bez, the Nigla is the ice Bez, and the Nistar is the Yotaf. Says the guy like this. Let's examine the nigla nistar of the word mayim. Mayim mem. How do you spell mem? Mem mem. So mem equals mem. The nigla equals the nistar. Yud. Yud vav dalad. Yud is ten. Vav is six. Dalad is four. Ten equals ten. Six plus four is ten. Mem mem equals mem. So mayim. It's perfect. The reflective nature of Mayim, the Nigla and the Nistar, is perfect. Every letter is Mamish, exactly reciprocal. Yayin, let's examine. 
Yud, Yud, Vav, Dalad. We, we just determined that Yud is Yud. Yud is equal to Vav, Dalad. Again, another Yud, Yayin. Yud, Vav, Dalad. Nun, Nun, Vav, Nun. There's an extra Vav. Because of that extra Vav, it's not a perfect reflection. The Nigla and the Nista are not perfectly reflective of one another, so we reject Yayin and we put in Mayim. This guy who should be dancing right now from this guy. But it always bothered me. Why does the Yayin Taka have this Vav Yisera? Why is there this extra Vav in the Nigla? Shouldn't it, it should be Taka perfect just like Mayim. What did the Yayin do wrong? That it has this Vav Yisera that messes it up. The Vav Yisera doesn't mess up the Yayin. The Vav Yisera defines Yayin. Yayin needs that Vav Yisera. Yayin brings people very close together. Yayin needs that Vav because Yayin, by definition, is a hook that bonds people that cannot be bonded naturally. Sometimes you have a, a little Yayin in you, and all of a sudden you're hugging people, you're kissing people, you're breaking people's decks. No, um, <laughs> there's all types of things that happen when Yayin comes into a person. Yayin comes into a person and something changes. You know, the Pachet Yitzchak says a Meredith thing about Purim. He says that on Purim, what's the meaning of Yayin? He says a mushal. What happens on Purim? You thought you'd get away without that? <laughs> so on Purim, what happens, he says a mushal like this. He says, two, once upon a time, there were two, two very close friends that hadn't seen each other for many, many years. And all of a sudden, they're in this Damnulapundagecha. They bump into each other by some inn in the middle of nowhere. And they both have their balagolas. They both have their wagon drivers. They see each other. They want to get reacquainted. They haven't seen each other since their yeshiva days. And so they really want to spend a lot of time catching up and seeing what happened and reminiscing about old times. But their balagolas, you know, the coarse grubba balagala, the, the Uber drivers of those, ty- of those days, they wanted to move. You know, we, you hired me, we got to go. You know, we stopped off in the inn a little bit, but now we got to keep moving. Got to, you know, time is money. But they want to stay, these two people. So what do they do? They buy these two balagolas, a whole bottle of vodka, and they say, you know, go enjoy the vodka in the corner of the bar over there. And they happily go take it, and they get all shikered together, and they, they forget about, you know, their pressing need to, to move. And then the two, the two close friends have a whole night now to get reacquainted and to bond. The Pachidetzchuk says that we all really love each other. Fathers love sons, sons love fathers, brothers love each other, friends love each other, everybody loves each other. All you didn't really have a connection. The problem is that we have this balagola inside of us. We have this coarse part of us. We have this not nice 
part of our persona that keeps us very standoffish from others. I don't like him. He, you know, he wears a different type of yarmulke, a different color shirt, a different type of suit. He, he goes to that shul, that yeshiva, that, uh, that, you know, that, that college. I, I, you know, I see differences. That balagola in me is so coarse that it doesn't allow me to see the commonality. It sees differences. Purim says the time that we shicker ourselves up and we shicker the balagola in us up. We sort of numb the balagola. We keep the balagola at bay and then the true selves that we are come shining forth. That's what Yayin does. Yayin has the ability, that Vav Yaseira is not a, an accident in the word Yayin. It defines what Yayin is. It's the Vav Achibor, it's what brings us together. It what, it's what permits us to overlook our differences and to just connect as close as human beings can. And I believe that's what the mitzvah of Dalit Kaisis also might be bringing to the table on Seder night. And why at Vitishamdo we lift up this kais with yayin in it? Because we have to show that the vavachibur reigns supreme on Seder night. The vav, which is embedded in the yayin, this is what we're bringing forth. We drink a little bit, and all the generational gap that everybody talks about, how we can't relate to our sons, and our sons can't relate to us, that's the balagala inside of us. The differences that we have with our parents, the differences that our parents have with us, is just because there's a balagala inside. But do you know how deep the relationship really could be? This vavachibar is so powerful that if we'd be able to numb the Eight Sahara that tries to prevent us from relating with our parents and from our parents relating to us, that Vavachibor could really be so instrumental in creating exactly what Seder night is supposed to, to bond the parent together with the child. That's the Vav of the Yayin. That's why by the Hisham that we lift up the Yayin with the Vav that's going to cause the Geula. I'll end with one more yisait about this Vav Achibor. In the Teichacha, the end of the Teichacha in Parashat B'chukaisa, in Parashat Vav Pasuk Membez, V'zacharti Esbrisi Yaakov, HaKadosh Baruch Hu says at the end of the Teichacha, I will remember the covenant that I made with Yaakov, and with Yitzchak, and with Avram. But Yaakov is spelled with an extra vav. Normally we spell Yaakov Yud, Ayin, Vez, Kuf. Here Yaakov is spelled with a vav. And Rashi points out that it's not the only place in Tanakh that Yaakov is spelled with a vav. If you would do a search, how many times is Yaakov spelled Mali with a vav? Five times. How many times is Eliyahu Anavi spelled chaser without a vav? Just Aleph, Lamed, Yud, Hey. Five times. Yaakov Natal Eis Mishmashel Eliyahu. Yaakov took a vav from the name of Eliyahu. He took five vavs. 
He stole, as it were, five vavs from Eliyahu's name and took it to himself. Why? A ravain he took it as an Eirovin, as a, as a collateral, as a guarantee that Eliyah Novi will come and be Gal Klal Yisrael. Strange. Yaakov and Eliyah, Vav. Very strange. Shabbos HaGadu, we lay in the Haftarah that ended the last Nevoah, the last Nevoah, Malachi. Hine anoichi shoileach lochem es Eliyoh anavi. Behold, I will send to you, says the Rabbi Nishlam Eliyoh anavi. Lifnei b'ayim Hashem agadov Before the day of, of Geula comes, Eliyoh is going to come and be mevaser us and notify us Herald the final redemption that Mashiach is about to come. The Heshiv Lev Aves Al Bonim. For Lev Bonim Al Avesam. Elio's job before the Gula is to return the hearts of fathers to children and children to fathers. That's the job of Elio Anavi. That's when the Gula will come. That's the Vav, Hachibor. Of the Brisbane Abisarim, the Gamas Hagaya Shayavaidu, Yadaya Keda, we gotta bring the Aves and the Banim together. If the Aves and the Banim can come together, then Akarish Baruch will be our Av, and he will redeem us as much as we care for our son. He will finally come and do the ultimate caring for us and bring Mashiach. Yaakov Avino takes the Vav from Elio and holds it carefully as a guarantee that Eliyahu Novi will do his job of connecting Aves and Bonim. And Bonim and Aves. That two-way connection that the Blue Jabba Rebbe had, we have to have that. The Heshiv Lev Aves, that's Eliyahu. The Vav was the Eravai, not any other letter. The Vav Achibor, the Vihi. That Vav is Hisham Delavi Seinu Velamit. And so we have a Kaisha Eliyahu by the Seder, the Yayin. Eliyahu Navi comes to the Seder making sure with his Vav, with the Yayin, with the Vav Yisera, with the Chiba Yisera, he's making sure that everything at the Seder is Mesudr. And that there's the father, there's the mother, there's the children, there's the family, where there's the Yayin, there's the Kamayim Panim Lepanim. There's the love. There's the shikering up of the of the payar inside of us, that the balagala inside of us, that coarseness we get rid of. And we try to just be able to connect as closely as two human beings can, as two generations can. That's what the Seder is all about. That's the Vihisham Dalabi Seinu Valanu. It's all about connecting. Any other night of the year, this wouldn't work. It's hard. Supper time. Things are flying. People aren't home. People are working. Even Shabbos, sometimes we know that the player gets in the way. It doesn't allow us to properly bond with, with our parents and back to us. And, 
and with our family. It just, sometimes it doesn't work. Seder night is a unique night of the year. And it's a night that all the Dalit Banim come together as one. And the parents are there and the children are there. And not just our parents, but all the grandparents and great-grandparents all the way up through history until Avram Avinu. They're all there with us by the Seder. That's why some people have the minute to wear a kittel, as if to remind ourselves of all of the mason that are at the Seder with us. There's a connection. There's the Vaveham Mudem. There's a connection between all the generations spanning from Avram Avinu's love for us all the way till today and beyond the care that we have for children yet unborn. That's what Seder night is. It's It's being able to communicate, to connect closely with the next generation. And the more love and concern and care that we have to our children, and that children have back up to the parents, the more that the ultimate ge'ula that we daven for and that we sing at the end of the Seder, L'shanah B'Yushalayim, that can only happen if the Seder night is done right. It's very difficult, the parent-child relationship. Very, very troubling. Very challenging. There's a lot of turbulence in that relationship. I don't have to tell you. But it's not just you. It's every generation has been like that. You're not the one generation that has a problem with something about your parents. If you do, some of you don't. And But if you have some differences, maybe religious differences, maybe hashkafic differences, maybe personality differences, it's very hard to make this connection. But a lot of it has to do with our attitude towards our parents. Because it feeds back and forth. If a parent sees that a child is not so fond of him or her, or isn't so mechabed him or her, or has chutzpah, Rahman al-Islam, it's very hard for a parent to be that loving parent back because it's kemayim panim l'panim. There's a reciprocity in these relationships. Seder night is a night that we have to try as hard as we can, if we're going to be zeichet, to be sitting at a Seder table with our parents, to try to rein in the pyre, to try to rein in that balagolo that we have, that coarseness that we have, that doesn't allow us to look at our parents in the proper light, or we look at them as, they, as if they're old and they're from a different generation, they don't get me, and they have a different uh, set of values than I do, and that shouldn't be the entire year either. But Seder night, we have to really work on this. It's reciprocal. If imagine if we come home for Pesach, whenever you're going back home, assuming that you're going home, and instead of having that look on my face that, you know, of anger and of resentment and of this and of that, imagine if we, before we kiss the mezuzah and come into our house, we put a smile on. We give a hug to our parents. We say, I love you. I missed you. What can I do? Let me roll up my sleeves and help. We're coming home right before Pesach. 
there must be some shopping to do. Maybe I could set the table. Maybe I could grind the murrah. Maybe I could um, check the matzahs. What can I do? Don't come home and say, everything has to be served to me. You have to go and make the first step in bridging this gap, in bridging this divide, treating your parents respectfully, treating them with love, going out of your way and breaking the pyre inside. It's hard. Of course it's hard. It's challenging. We're different. You think your grandparents weren't different than your parents? You think your great-grandparents weren't different than your grandparents? There's always been generation gaps. Pesach is a time to try to bridge those gaps, to make the Vav Achibor. To be Heshev Le'Vavis Ha'banim Le'Banam Ha'Vaisim. Because let me tell you something. You don't have parents forever. As much as you think that you can have this relationship, and maybe someday it's going to change, it might not. Yesterday I went um, to the five towns. I had to do some shopping for Yantif with my daughter. So one of my daughters, she's a teenager, and you know she's she's a teenage girl, and she, you know, so when I was when she was young, I used to be able to walk with her by the hand. But now on Central Avenue, and she might see her friends or whatever, she was like very embarrassed to be seen with me holding her hand. So I went with her to a pizza store afterwards. First, we had to make sure that she didn't know anyone in there. And I said to her, sometimes I kibitz with you, you know, and I hold your hand even though I know that you don't want me to. I'll tell you why I do that. She said, because my father used to do that to me when I was young, when I was in sixth grade, seventh grade, eighth grade, and I was also very self-conscious, and I had friends, and this and that, and he would deliberately take my hand and cross Central Avenue with me, cross the street with me, you know, hoping that a friend should see me with him. And I was also very, you know, self-conscious, and I was, like, fighting it. And I told my daughter, I said, you know, I said at the time, I didn't like it. I said, but today... I would give all the money in the world to have my father hold my hand. You have to bridge the divide now. You don't have the luxury of waiting. Don't think I could deal with this problem, I'll kick it down, kick this can down the alley a couple of more years and then deal with it when I'm married, when I have kids. It doesn't work like that. You have to deal with it now. You have to try as hard as it is, and I know that it's very hard, but you have to try to bridge that great divide that sometimes seems as wide as those pits in Janowska. And you have to jump over them. And you've got to hold your parents' hands and your grandparents' hands and jump and make that leap and join the generations. And if we could do that... Wow, that would be a great Pesach. That would be a Pesach that would mamish be able to bring the Geula. Elian Navi would not be able to resist. He wants that Vav back to his name. That Elian Navi. You know, that's one of the five Vavs. If you look in that up there, that's missing a Vav. 
That's one of the names of Eliyahu that doesn't have a vav. He wants that vav back. It's only going to happen when he's able to put the generations together. And we've got to help him. And if we could help him, then that would no doubt be a huge leap in bringing the Geula Shlema. We have our work cut out for us before Pesach to work on these things, besides for all the other work, cleaning our rooms and shopping and this and that. And There's a lot of stuff to be done, no doubt, but the greatest of all of our tasks ahead is to try to work on this Vav Achibor, of Vihisha Amda, the Yadaya Teda of Avram Avinu, and emulating Avram Avinu's connection so that Eliyah Navi can finally come be Mavasar Taiv, be Mashmiya Yeshua's we eagerly await Eliyahu Navi getting that Baba Chibur back in his name. And then, Amir Hashem, we should all be to eat from the Karban Pesach in Yerushalayim HaBenuya, the Karb Yameinah.